Mixed in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mixed in the Dark. This will be my very last episode of the year. I am taking a short break after this so that I can be with my family for the holidays and I will resume in January. This episode is special in a way. Um, I unexpectedly caught this cold and it messed up my throat and clogged up my nose and I sounded super nasally for about a week. I still have that nasal sound to me (laughs) and you could probably hear it right now, but I really didn't feel like having my last episode um, have this nasal voice, so I've reached out for some help. Some good came out of all of this, so I'm super happy about it. I got the chance to work with two very kind-hearted people who offered to help me out. Last week, I put up a status that asked if any developing or planning podcast owners would like to take this opportunity to try out their podcast voice by narrating some of these scary stories in this podcast. And I had two people who were interested. The first voice that you will hear belongs to Cassandra, and the second voice that you will hear belongs to Philantha. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Cassandra Vang, one of your sub-readers for the time being. To tell you a little bit about myself, I'm currently living in California. And no, sadly, not the paradise version of California. I mean, Northern California. If you know, you know. But my heart will always be in Minnesota, since I was born and raised there. I'm currently attending cosmetology school to become a hairstylist slash brow and lash tech. I have many hobbies that include singing, playing guitar, and finding new ways to invent and create myself. I'm in the works of creating a podcast about topics in our real lives that may be difficult to talk about. My goal is to create a safe space where we can hear experiences from all kinds of people and how they overcame their hardships. Because I know that sometimes it's hard to feel like we really have a voice and we keep quiet because we feel no one will listen. I want to shine a light on the darkness so those living in the shadows can finally come out and shine. And we can all take something from hearing others' experiences. I believe this can help to open minds and grow abundantly as human beings. And that is just a snippet of my plans but I'm very thankful and honored to be here on this podcast reading these stories to you all. Please don't forget to share Mayings Mix in the Dark with all of your friends, families, dogs, cats, and goldfishes. Share to everyone because you won't want to miss out on these spooky encounters. That way, if these things ever happen to you, you can learn what to do and definitely what not to do. Thank you all so much and please enjoy. Hello. My name is Philantha, and you can find me at Living Philantha on Instagram. There, I share content about my family, what it's like to be an interracial marriage, and be an overhaul millennial suburbia family trying to just learn the ins and outs of today. I share anything from recipes down to home decor to how to just be a sufficient, well-loving, and worthy mom in the world that we live today, especially as minority, usually doubling in both cultures or religions and just trying to find a normalcy in all of that. I have been given the opportunity to take a read for you guys on this episode, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. It is helping me launch and get comfortable with my voice as I start my own podcast here in the new year. 
Join me in my podcast for the necessary distraction of laughs, cries, and everything in between of adulting, culture, relationships, girl chat, and beyond. Because I feel that even as mothers, we're still full human beings and we still enjoy everything else about how the world is surrounding us and how we interact with it. Nothing gives me a good therapy session like just having a talk about everything and nothing at the same time. All right, I hope that gives you guys a little scope into what's to come in this podcast of mine. And in the meantime, I hope that you enjoy this session today. Both ladies are in the developing stage of building their own separate podcast stations. That means their first episode has not been released yet, and they're still currently planning. I will let you know when their first episode comes out. I am so thankful for both of them. They are so flexible, and they made this episode happen with a short amount of time that was given to them before the release date. If you are also in the works of creating your own podcast, I wish you the best of luck. For now, please enjoy the stories beautifully read by Cassandra and Philantha. I grew up in the McDonough townhomes in St. Paul, Minnesota. Nothing really creepy happens much, but my first ever paranormal encounter happened when I was eight or nine years old. I was in my room. It was broad daylight out. My door was open. All of a sudden, I looked toward the door and I saw this white, outlined, tall figure standing in the doorway. We stared at each other. During that time, I didn't know what I was seeing. Finally, it turned and walked away. I remember not being scared because I didn't know and didn't understand what it was. I told my grandma, who eventually told me that it was a ghost. We lived there for a long time. We lived there from elementary years all the way to the end of high school. This home is too leveled, and the basement was always creepy. There was a front door when you enter, and there is a staircase to the basement right in front of you that takes you to the bedrooms. We had three bedrooms upstairs. We made one of the rooms into our computer room, and the other two rooms were split between the boys and girls. Back then, the internet was pretty expensive, so my dad would not let us use it. My dad worked second shift and would usually get home until 11 or 12 p.m. By that time, all of us kids were supposed to be fast asleep. I always snuck into the computer room to play a few games before he comes back home. When I hear the door, I'd usually hit the power button and sneak back to bed. This one night was different. When I sneaked to use the computer, I would play games in the dark with the doors closed so that no one would know that I'm in there. That night, as I was playing games, I felt this odd presence behind my right shoulder. I didn't think too much of it. I just kept doing my thing and ignored it since I really wanted to play my online games. My dad eventually came home. I turned off the computer and snuck out of the room and into my bedroom as planned. The next night, it was my older brother's turn to play games. There was this chair on the side of the room. My youngest brother put it there because he liked watching my brother play games and used it often. On this particular night, I was in my room and my youngest brother was showering. My older brother was playing games when all of a sudden, he saw someone at the very back corner of his eyes standing next to the chair. My brother ignored it 
thinking it was him seeing some type of light reflection that twinkled in that area. And from the corner of his eyes again, he saw that thing lowering itself. And just a few seconds later, the chair squeaked. He freaked out, so he ran out of the room. Even though he knew the answer, he came to ask me if I came in the room to watch him play games. I answered him, no. We both got scared and ran downstairs to tell the rest of my siblings. My oldest brother started to explain his experience in that game room. He likes to play games in the dark with the door cracked open, just a little bit so that he could hear if dad was coming home. One night, he thought he saw someone staring at him through the cracked door and watching him play. We eventually told my dad, since we have been breaking rules, he joked that he was going to set up a camera and have one of us in there as bait to see if anything would happen while we were in there. Thank goodness my mom yelled at him. My dad laughed. He then went into the kitchen, grabbed some pots and pans, went upstairs to the computer room, and started banging it really loudly, while shouting for whatever was watching us to go away. In the Hmong culture, making loud noises is believed to scare away ghosts. This one morning, it was only my dad and the kids home. My mom was at work, and my dad was working on some stuff in the computer room by himself. While we were downstairs in the living room playing and whatnot, all of a sudden, we heard my dad scream our names like we were in trouble or something. We were scared that maybe we broke the computer since we played games on it too much. We saw him come downstairs, eyes wide open. He told us that he saw it too. He saw it run across the open door in the hallway. Eventually, we moved to a different house. I used to have those big boom boxes, the ones where they had the two speakers attached to the sides. To turn it on, you have to press this big button and hear it click. I had a remote, but the remote does not have batteries. I was in my room when all of a sudden, the radio turned on. I told my mom about the incident and she didn't do much about it. I decided to go shower. That's when I noticed that I had a big bruise on my body. I showed this to my mom, and she questioned if I just got hurt and forgot. I told her no, and she told me not to worry. My mom went to a shaman to discuss all these things that have been happening to us, and the shaman did a reading on my family, and explained that our grandma from Laos has been visiting us because she misses us. Story 2 I don't recall what year it was or how old I was at the time, but I remember this event clearly because it still haunts me to this day. I still have dreams of being there. This story takes place at my uncle's house. My grandma and my great-grandma shared a room, but I have separate beds. My great-grandma was a big opium smoker. Because of it, she was very skinny and lost all of her teeth. She had long white hair combed neatly into a small bun on her head that she would wrap in this black head wrap. Unfortunately, my great-grandma suffered a stroke that paralyzed half of her body. She suffered for a while, then passed inside of my uncle's house. We did her funeral, the traditional Hmong way. I remember seeing her in her traditional Hmong clothing and sleeping in the casket. I remember the sound of the drums and the ring playing in the background. It was truly an empty feeling. The day of the burial, us kids were at my uncle's house. There were a lot of people there cooking and eating. My cousins and I were in my grandma's room playing. It was daytime, so my grandma opened her window to let some light in and some air in. All of a sudden, 
Something seemed to block the ray of sunshine coming in. I looked up to the window and saw my great-grandma peeking through the window. All I saw were the top of her face, so her eyes and the black head wrap she always wore. I scream out, Bulolo, or great-grandma. Everyone screamed when they heard me. My eyes were still dead latched onto the window. This time, I only saw the top of her head. It started moving past the window. My aunt came in and told us to stop screaming. I told her what happened. Of course she did not believe me, but I know what I saw. Years have passed, and my uncle found a new house. I still have dreams of my uncle's old house. It would always be pitch black, with no light inside the house, until I reached the living room next to the sliding door that goes into the backyard. It was then that I could see my great-grandma in her traditional mom clothes, sitting on the ground, combing her long white hair. She would look up and smile at me. I know that experience was real, and like I said, it haunts me to this day. Story 3 Growing up, it seemed we moved a lot. It also seemed every house we lived in had a little ghost story attached to it. It wasn't until I'd grown up and had children of my own that things really got out of hand. That's where I'll start. My family and I originally lived at my mom's house in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and then seemingly to many other homes until I found what I had thought was our dream home in Russell, Minnesota, the year 2012. It was big enough for all the kids and had a huge, beautiful backyard for them to run in. My oldest would not have to change schools. My husband worked on the roads during this time, so it was just me and my kids viewing this particular house. When we pulled up into the driveway, I had an inkling that I just had to live in this house. My husband wasn't for it. He protested. He argued that we shouldn't move so far from the city, keeping in mind that the roads are bad in the Minnesota winter. But I couldn't take no for an answer. I told him that we were moving with or without him. Upon moving in, it was beautiful and bright all over the house. Unfortunately, this only lasted about a month or two. First, it was the small things like stomps in the attic, then birds flying through the windows and seemingly die inside our house. One night, my daughter was making dinner while I was washing dishes when a dark shadow ran in from the porch down into the basement, slamming the door behind it. I saw this with my own eyes, and my daughter heard this like door slam too. We told ourselves it was the wind, and then still went to go look for ourselves. Of course, we found nothing. Let's not forget it was just myself, my 15-year-old, my two five-year-olds, and my two-year-old daughter home, alone, since my husband worked on the road. We were scared that night, so we all slept in my room. After that, the stomping in the attic got worse. Whatever was doing it seemed angry. At the same time, we saw an older lady in a long white gown. She would begin to come down the hallway into the living room and all just about bedtime in our household. She was never scary, just kind of casually doing it, like letting us know it was time for bed. My five-year-old would often tell me there was a man in their closet that was wearing a long coat and hat. One weekend, my husband was home from work and we were in our bed just about to nod off for the night and the boys had fallen asleep in the living room. 
My two-year-old was in her room and my oldest was spending the night at her cousin's. I was vividly awoken by one of my sons screaming and running down the hallway. When I ran out to see what was wrong, I saw that he was chased by a long, shadowy-looking figure with outstretched, long, dangly fingers reaching for him. It was not long before we moved out of there. All of these things happened over a span of three years. Story 4 This story took place at my cousin's house when I was in elementary school. During this time, our family lived six blocks from each other. Our parents would often gather to have a feast, come by to just see each other and hang out. It was nice to have family so close by. As the first Hmong people in the United States, our parents raised roosters and chickens in their basements, so this was normal for us. They would crow in the morning and you can hear them running around in their cages. My cousin's basement had a main room. Around the corner, there would be another room with a boiler, furnace, and laundry room. That room was where the rooster and the chickens were kept. One day when we were playing with a group of kids ranging from the ages of 7 to 13, we hung out in the basement. We played tag, hide and seek, boys versus girls, and any other games that kids do. If I remember correctly, this time we were playing cops and robbers. We were running all over the place, laughing and screaming. Two of the younger kids decided to run into the laundry room to hide from us as we were their pretend cops. When we went searching for them, we ran into the room and saw the other two kids at a standstill, looking directly at the roosters. Then they pointed in the corner and said, something is in there. Us other kids reacted with laughter and responded with, we caught you guys, not thinking too much about what had been said. We dragged them out of the room and right after we walked out of the room, gathered all of the other kids, there was a loud bang room like something fell over it spooked everyone and we ran upstairs after we got upstairs we took a moment to figure out why the younger kids would have said what they did downstairs thinking back when they were in the room all of the roosters and chickens weren't making a sound which creeped us out even more we brushed it off and try not to think about that evening there were things my cousin would tell me when he remembered them during their stay in that house Footsteps at night, doors opening and closing when they slept, things misplaced or replaced. One day after school, both of the two brothers showed up at my house. This would have been maybe two, three years after the incident in the basement. When I asked them both what was wrong, they seemed so scared that they didn't know how to answer, both stumbling with their responses and both pale in the face. After a few minutes of catching their breath, they finally explained to me what happened. They both came home from school that day. The younger brother started up the PlayStation 1 and was ready to play some games. The older brother was feeling a little hungry, so he went into the kitchen to make a snack. He came back into the living room where the younger brother was playing the games and sat down next to him. Then, he heard footsteps from upstairs. The stairs going to the upstairs level was next to them, so he looked up and called out, Mom? Dad? Is that you? There was no answer. He shouted louder this time. Mom! Dad! Are you up there? Still, no answer. Creeped out, he told his younger brother to turn on the TV 
so they could hear upstairs. The younger brother turned down the TV. Both of them listened. Footsteps walked through the hallway area, upstairs heading towards the stairs. Then, the footsteps turned from walking slowly to walking faster and faster, and then it ran down the stairs. Immediately, they both got scared and ran towards the front door. They heard the footsteps get closer to them while they were rushing to the front door. They opened the door and slammed the door behind them. Right after they slammed the door, the door handle started to rattle and shake like someone was trying to turn the handle. They jumped back from the door. The older brother had looked through the little window on the door and didn't see anyone on the other side while the handle was still shaking and rattling. They were both freaked out, so they both ran barefooted to my house. After a year, their family finally moved out. I'm not quite sure what was the reason, but being kids, the older folks didn't tell us anything. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.